Who is playing tonight? The Jaguars and the Dolphins, two Florida teams. Oh, that's cool. Oh. We got uh, we got Minshew Mania going on. Little Gardner Minshew going against little Fitzmagic. It's gonna be a good old game down in down at the Bayou. You know what I'm talking about? No, no, I really have no yeah, idea. I'm lost. I'm That's totally why I need lost. to have a sports I, podcast where somebody knows what the fuck I'm saying because you guys are just over there like, what the fuck? I'll do like a basketball podcast. I would have no or idea. Or soccer. What about. I think Spencer would be even or more. Baseball. Nate could do like a play-by-play of your podcast. Sure, do a podcast oh, and about John my podcast. takes it to the end of the story and he drops the <laughs> ball. <laughs> and John derailed the entire thing once again. <laughs> Oh, and John is going yep. down the story. He's hitting all the cues, and he is stuffed by Molly scratching on the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh. And intro. How is Molly doing? <laughs> I don't care. Can we, I don't care about my cat. Can we talk about something else? Oh, I love your cat. She's yeah. fluffy and chubby. Uh, do you guys want to talk about this week's movies? Perhaps. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I feel like there's something we're missing. Yeah. Don't we, we don't we call it? ourselves something? I don't remember. Like I keep trying to write it down, but I always forget because someone interrupts me. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Don't yeah, we, we do are something? Those movie dudes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's Every what I was week, getting we nervous talk about. about. It's only episode <laughs> thirty-one. I hope you remember what the fuck our podcast is called. It's called them them film guys. You sound like my freaking dad when I'm like, "Hey, do you watch the podcast?" He's like, "What? Uh, the film dudes? Uh, the film guys? Those the, the film girls? <laughs> Thanks, film Steven. people? What, what is it called?" I'm like, "I just shut up. I don't even care anymore." Yeah. Well, seriously, for those who don't know, we are those movie dudes. And if you don't, every week we watch whatever three movies, F especially you. movies that we have never seen before. The next five episodes are going to be a spooktober exclusive. So five episodes, all horror movies. We did this last year. This is actually when we started the podcast. I had a question, Spencer. Uh, so, yeah, what's Did up? we coin that phrase? Or has that always been uh, like I a have thing? no idea. I feel like, I've, what I feel like spooktober has been mentioned oh, all spooktober, the time. Oh, spooktober, yeah. the like beginning of Halloween like celebration and stuff. So I feel like I did not coin the phrase but but you're the uh, only is what we're going to be calling it because it, it's so <laughs> we should hop oh, on yeah, that it's, if it's, it's it's a fun little word true. it is i like it spooktober word. i'm excited for spocktober oh my god yeah, my dad would be all, all about Star Trek movies. <laughs> oh god i, I mean, had to i was oh, like great, your yeah. dad replaced me um <laughs> but yeah no so we're gonna be talking about a bunch of horror movies especially ones that we've never seen before and uh, possibly pay attention to our stories throughout the month of october or i'm sorry spooktober uh, we're gonna have a little uh, horror movie bracket, and the uh, the winner might get an exclusive episode on Halloween. So that might be a fun little thing that we're gonna be doing throughout the month of Spooktober. Uh, but this is gonna be episode no no not this episode, but next week at the end of this episode, we're gonna be announcing the first Spooktober picks, uh, a bunch of scary movies that uh, we'll be watching for next week's episode. But this week we're gonna be talking about some uh, well one. Kind of a little spooky movie, but two kind of charming little films. But the movie that won the poll for me uh, was a Ron Howard film, kind of feel-good late 80s film with Steve Martin and an all-star cast. It was Parenthood. God, don't you guys just love Steve Martin? The most pleasant Don't you just love Lee Phoenix? I... <laughs> Lee Phoenix? Is that Phoenix. is he related to Joaquin or River? Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's related. Oh, really? Yeah, he's I didn't know there was another Phoenix. Yeah. We watched. He, yep. he is. Yeah, Lee Phoenix. No that was in the credits. Yeah. Okay. He almost. Yeah. He looks like identical to Joaquin when he was his age. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Which, which one was Lee Phoenix? Gary. He was uh, Gary. He was the youngest kid that like didn't want to talk to his mom. That like had the the, the brown bag. That well, we'll get into the movie. Okay. Later, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I'm because just... yeah, I didn't. I, I had no idea. Uh, but yeah, my film this okay. week. Oh. I was a little mm. 2004 buddy cop comedy with little Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, uh, Carmen Electra, little 2000s cringe in there, uh, Starsky and Hutch. Interesting. Well, uh, that one I, went with a little, yeah. uh, <laughs> I went with a little uh, Spooktober uh, must, I think, for people who haven't seen it. I picked the original, Juwan the Grudge from 2002. I've never seen it. I don't even think I've seen the remake. I yeah, have lots to say. Lots to say because I've heard this one's creepy, and I've been doing the noise and the crawl for years. Yeah, uh, let's go, let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus Christ! What? I I did that noise yeah, a lot because no, I, I just felt like it annoyed people, but now I know what it where it began. So I usually turn it over to you guys and let you guys decide what ones we want to talk about. Uh, unless you guys object, would you guys like to talk about Parenthood? I kind of wanted to finish with Parenthood, personally. Sure. So we're all on a different page. Oh, I disagree with that. 
The thing is, we do have two yeses on Parenthood and a one no. Okay, the whatever. I guess it's rules. two out of three. Let's let's team up on John Day. Let's do it. Parenthood. Let's go. Here we go, everybody. Parenthood. I've always wanted to see this movie. Uh, just because I, I I love Steve Martin. I grew up and I saw Two Brother Dozen, and that movie just always made me happy. And always kind of it introduced me to Steve Martin. Then I found out that he had an early career and he was just a great comedian and just kind of was like feel good type guys. But this one. Uh, it was directed by Ron Howard. It came out in 1989. It's about the Buckmans are a Midwestern family, all dealing with their lives, strange relatives, raising children, pressures of a job. Um, so it's just kind of one of those like family-themed movies, kind of comedy drama. And I've always kind of been curious to check this one out. So Nate, Parenthood. Yes, I have parents. How do you feel about this one? Well, I will say the opening scene almost made me hate the movie, and then it fixed itself. Because of the whole, oh, I'm a kid, and like this is all in my imagination, and that's my wife. I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, okay, seriously, if it's gonna be one of those movies, I'm gonna hate this oh, movie. Oh, for like, the whole movie. Yeah, oh, and God, then yeah. it cut no back way. to Steve Martin. I was like, oh, okay, that's all it was. That's all it was. It was a flashback, <laughs> and I noticed okay. that they do similar things throughout the movie to kind of prove a point. This movie was just, it was nice. It was just easy to watch. Just one of those yep. ones that you can't, you can just kind of pop in. You don't necessarily feel good or bad. It's just a relatable type family comedy drama that just had a great cast. I was super excited by this entire cast. Yeah, there's a huge cast: Steve Martin, uh, Mary Steenburgen, uh, De- uh, Diane, Diane Weist, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rick Moranis, Mo- Keanu Reeves, and Lee Phoenix and John. Joaquin Phoenix. It's a very young Joaquin Phoenix who had a stage name of Lee Phoenix and then changed it as he went on to his acting career as Joaquin Phoenix. I would have so stayed with Leaf. I mean, that's a kind of a cool name, right? That's just as it is a cool name. Joaquin. And his brother was a River Phoenix. Like yeah, Leaf and River Phoenix, two fucking very badass. Why not I'm going like to name my kid Wind? Use different types of water. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, it it does have an all star cast. Um, okay, that's that's uh, interesting to hear initial thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Boy down there, mainstream boy. Mainstream boy. Uh, what did you What did you think of this, this uh, little Ron Howard film? Yeah, it's it's kind of right up my alley. I'd say it's got some mainstream elements, kind of a, just a feel good family coming to age comedy dramedy type deal. Uh, I love Steve Martin. I've always I've always Love movies he's in, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Cheaper by the Dozen, also, and Pink Panther. I don't know. I don't really remember that one that oh, well, yeah. but he's just an enjoyable face. I remember watching him on uh, Saturday Night Live sketches. He's one of the big, the big faces from that show as well back in the day, but he's just a really funny, enjoyable guy, and uh, a lot of the other characters in this movie were great. Keanu Reeves' character was was funny just reminded me of bill and Todd. ted not too long ago and oh dude when he popped his head uh from underneath the bed when the first time you see todd <laughs> yeah Henry reeves i was like yes did you know he was in no. god at first or yeah i knew i knew he was i mean he was in the opening credits with like the the cast oh, and it yeah. says keanu reeves um but yeah i mean i knew he, he was in the movie going into it for sure um <laughs> there's just so many really yeah. strict <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he did he was you know yeah, Keanu just basically. I could see John Wick. I could see it in development. I saw John Wick the entire yeah. time. I was just, just like, oh yeah, this guy could do it. Badass. No, there's just so uh. many good elements to this movie. Steve Martin just trying to be a good dad and being there for his kid, and even though his kid's a little bit weird, just just seeing the family elements between these characters is it's just feel good. You know, you can't you can't not enjoy yeah. most of the most of this film. It reminded me a lot of. Uh, you know, Christmas vacation, but a little bit more dramatic. Just feel good. I don't know. I, I like. I the looked the little boy who kept running into things with buckets on his head. Oh, dude. I was like, I lost oh my, my god, <laughs> that kid so is my spirit That's animal. A... <laughs> but no, I mean, I echo everything that you guys have said so far about this movie. This movie just. It had so many of those like relatable family themes that you get in a lot of other kind of movies, but for some reason, I love the way that the story was told with just the multiple relatives and uh, the family, the, how they kind of connected, even if it was like through marriage, and they all had like their weird quirks that you followed throughout the movie, like Rick Moranis trying to like make his kid like the, a genius. That was yeah, so it, was so, funny, it was so sad to see it, <laughs> but it was because, kind like, of funny. Yeah, it in was a weird really way. funny. Yeah, because I mean, it was great to see Rick Moranis in a role because. He's so funny, and he retired. He could have made a lot more uh, movies if he wanted to, but he retired pretty early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was cool to see uh, him in a role that you hadn't seen before. It just also had like so many feel good moments too, like especially like the dad. Like initially, like the dad's character, 
like Steve Martin's father, it was such mm-hmm. a dick. Yeah, and you could see his kind of progression, like how much he loves his sons. Like, like he truly loves his sons because like one one of them was like had this like gambling debt. That and like he went to uh, see Martin during this baseball scene. Yeah, it was like I don't like what should I do? I need and that your whole advice. scene was like, yeah. damn, like that was so feel good and like holy shit and heartwarming. And it had so many of those like moments sprinkled in. And it was two hours and four minutes. It's a little long, but still, like I, I still really, really did enjoy this movie. I thought it was just right because yeah. I mean, yeah, it didn't but, bother me. But too there much. were some storylines that I thought were a little unnecessary, like the youngest, yeah, exactly. the youngest brother and the whole son and the that gambling little, bosses and stuff. The, oh, that one. I was thinking, yeah, of, that, uh, that was. And I was just like, I'm like, what? Like, why? And then when he did the whole. Um, oh, I'm going to go to Chile, actually. Can we put this on hold? My heart sank yeah. because I knew the dad right. was like, he was taking that step and making a connection and it went over his son's head. And you could just see that, yeah. like, disappointment. For but sure. just everyone was great. I like, the whole confrontation between Steve Martin and his wife with um, things going on expanding their family it felt really real oh having to find a job to have the money to support all this and it felt real like you could see a couple having a real conversation like that as far as how to handle right. the kids situation in your life i think you could definitely see that with steve martin's character when it came to rick moranis his seemed a little bit more of a character to me like the whole thing with the diaphragm mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know i, I just don't see <laughs> yeah, yeah. what like you poke a hole in before this. he was taken with his daughter to being realistic like he was like yeah i don't want her hanging out with any of these kids it was like basically just him and her but there it was just really funny dude mm-hmm. there were so many funny scenes the birthday party was steve martin just turning into the the cowboy guy. Oh my god! So cowboy good. Dan. So cowboy Dan. Cowboy Dan. Loved it. And then he was busy, you you know, just, just thinking like, "Hey, this is gonna make my kid all right." But and one thing that I also kind of noticed about this movie, and keep in mind, it's nineteen eighty nine, but it's PG thirteen. I'm like, this is kind of an edgy PG thirteen. I mean, they really it, if this came out today, it would be R. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that whole scene with like Steve Martin it was one of my favorite scenes. It was him envisioning like. Like basically, like he tells his son to go to second base, and like he does so well, and like envisions like him like doing the valedictorian speech, mm-hmm. and it's like thanks his dad and gets standing ovation. Then it goes wrong, and it's like a school shooting thing. Yeah, and I was watching it with uh, son, Rick, I can and we help both you. looked at each other, and we're like, oh my god, like this is <laughs> because I mean at the time that mm-hmm. wasn't that prevalent. Now it's like it's fucking chaotic so it's like holy shit they played like, that, that for comedy today like they played mm-hmm. that for comedy yeah no it was full-on comedy right and that's the thing it gets so dark again like, today's age watching this movie that's the one moment that's like oh my god like they went for it for the joke yeah. mm-hmm. also but, at the birthday uh, party still, when like, the all joke, the kids have great. guns too it's like because like back in the day like this cowboy western deal was like just a thing like every kid just had a toy well, gun squirt guns i know mm-hmm. but like yeah. i like think now gun. that would be a little bit more frowned upon because i remember always having like a bunch of gun toys back in the day but, i know dude, and it's we stupid. would have airsoft guns in our cars throughout high school it would be terrible with the orange tip cut off like, we could have been <laughs> oh <killed. my> God. <laughs> we were stupid um, we were all yeah, I mean, in all right, the so name of film. Nate, your final thoughts and grade for Parenthood. Parenthood is a very just, I'm going to say feel good because it leans more on that side, especially towards the end kind of thing. So I'm going to say it's a little bit of a feel good kind of familiar type movie. You can just, you see all these different stereotypes like the teenage doofus, the awkward son, the the single moms, the parents who are struggling, you see all that. And it's just portrayed by people who can do it really well. Like Steve Martin is a believable dad. He just is. He's a fantastic actor and comedian. Like he just fits this role perfectly. And just some little things here and there with like the younger brother. I thought his storyline was a little unnecessary and some little things here and there. But overall, it was very fun and an easy watch. Um, so I'm giving it a four out of five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I excellent. Yeah. That's a four out of five from yeah. Nathan. That's me. Mainstream boy. I know we say this a lot. Parenthood. But, uh... How do you feel about this one? I pretty much echo all your points. It was uh, definitely just a feel-good film that just kind of brings a smile to your face, warms your heart. I love Steve Martin. I haven't seen him in a lot. Like, in the last couple of years, I don't think I've seen a Steve Martin movie in forever, but this is just Definitely the type yeah. of movie where he just shines. You know, he just uh, he knows how to just be a good dad, and all those scenes with him and his son are just kind of delightful. <laughs> I just really like the relationships, uh, like kind of the daughter who's rebelling from her mother and uh, even the grandmother had a lot of really funny scenes thrown she in there. She had like one of the most heartwarming <laughs> moments where she's like it's about the roller coaster the not the tilt a yeah. whirl. And I was like yeah. 
Oh, oh my god! Relatable For thing in the, the scene with the <laughs> when she's on helium, where she just walks in on it, and she's like, "What do you yeah. watch? What channel is this?" She's like, "It's not mine." <laughs> There's just just so many yeah. little scenes sprinkled in that just you know, it's this the family elements of this movie. As an adult, I think you appreciate it even more because you can relate to the adults instead of the kids nowadays. Like if you watch this back in the day, it'd be yeah. different. But it was good. Sure. I, I would agree with uh, Nate. That uh, four out of five, and it's a very, very solid film. As a TV okay. series, this would also be good. Just if you could have all these people. It was a little lighter. Series. I was very pleasantly surprised by Parenthood. I really did enjoy it. I had a great time from the beginning to end. It was one of those movies that, because I feel like we have been watching a lot of these kind of depressing, dark movies that deal with these like heavy subject matters. And what I did appreciate about Parenthood was it did deal with some, I don't know, heavy subject matters, but it did it in a in a way that it worked really well. I mean, it was comedic when it needed to be, and it was dramatic when it had to be as well. And it just has an all-star cast. I mean, Diane Weiss was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in this movie. Obviously, Randy Newman got an Oscar nomination for the original song, uh, I Love to See You Smile. Um, and that's the thing, is that this movie just made me smile so much. And because the movie did that, and I've been kind of waiting to see a movie like this uh, do that to me for a while. I'm going to go four and a half out of five. Going Knew pretty it. high with this one. Knew really it. did enjoy it. Um, and if this ever gets like a Blu-ray 4K release, love to pick this one up and rewatch it for years to come. Hmm. But it's on Showtime. Yeah. So you have Showtime, which we should cancel our subscription to free trial. Um, yeah. But they have the last couple. They've had yeah. some good stuff on there, fortunately. So, all right. Um. Well, I volunteered my movie first. Do you guys want to volunteer your movies, or do you, you know what? What, what are you thinking? I have an idea. Why don't we do mine, and then we can kind of lead into horror month with Nate's movie at the end here. I love it. How about that? Me too. Works for me. Okay. Let's go. Uh, it just cool. makes me want to let loose and just <laughs> okay. Slowly declothing over there. Um. No, Anyways. it's just my shirt okay. and my belly. Right, put your pants back on. <laughs> my pants are on. No, they're not. Come on. Oh, you're right. All right. Yeah, I'm always pantless. My movie this week, again, was Starsky and Hutch from 2004, directed by Todd Phillips, who's done a lot of stuff. Right, Spencer? I can't Hangover, name a single time. Oh, The, the Hangover. Yeah. It's like a six-time Oscar nominee. War Dogs, Due Date. For those movies, Spencer? And, oh, he did The Joker. That's <laughs> no, right. He I did mean, Joker. He, he was nominated for a... Uh, he had a screenplay credit for Borat, and that was nominated for Best oh, he Screenplay. he wrote Borat? What a genius. Yeah, he was one of the writers, along with like Judd Apatow and a bunch of uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Cool. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. Well, yeah, on. we got Starsky and Hutch, which is kind of your, your typical mainstream early 2000s buddy cop comedy with Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. Kind of a couple years after Zoolander came out, so they were still, you know, right wow. on top there. Um, but they... Join uptight David Starsky and laid back Kev or laid back Ken Hutch Hutchinson as they're paired for the first time as undercover cops. The new partners must overcome their differences to solve an important case with help from street informant Huggy Bear and persuade and what's this and persuasive criminal Reese Feldman. It's a weird description, but uh, yeah, Huggy Bear. Huggy Bear was played by a good old Snoop Dogg, and we got Vince Vaughn Snoop in there. Snoop Dizzle so. Dogg, yo. Yeah, I, I just wanted something lighthearted this week. Nothing, something you could watch, maybe like a late night comedy. And I found this one. Never actually checked it out, but figure why the hell not. But uh, Nate, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of Starsky and Hutch? It was shizzle for whizzle, baby. <laughs> oh, <God>. um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you don't hit Huggy Bear in the face. No one touches Huggy Bear. The greatest character in all of cinema, right there. I'll admit, I told Spencer I was not looking forward to this one, but I can honestly say, <laughs> please, <laughs> please say something that, positive. That this movie was pretty good yay um or well okay i won't say pretty good i'll say i enjoyed it it was just stupid fun and i was on the lookout for a while and i found one there's a uh there's a scene where he's talking about um vince vaughn's character having a boat and he picks up the picture and goes wow nice boat and he's like <laughs> no. that's not a boat that's a yacht okay. <laughs> i feel like i've heard the scene joke now. Like oh that my god before and maybe they just it's that's always gets brought up somewhere but, but the said, whole time i'm like yeah. when is he gonna say it? oh maybe not maybe it was just a fluke thing in that one movie but right when he picks it up it just rolled off the tongue just 
wow, nice boat. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, oh no, I have to say something, but oh, I can't imagine anyone wow. else in those characters now. Like, I would love them to do like a sequel 16 years later. <laughs> oh my God, could you imagine, dude? <laughs> them as vets, well, as thing. cops. Hold on. Okay, that's the thing, because I, I don't know if you guys have seen these movies. Have you seen Zoolander? No. Yes. You've seen it. Have you seen Zoolander 2, John? Yes. Okay. It's terrible. Zoolander 1 is really fun, though. Yeah. Zoolander 1 is is a ton of fun. It's just like this like 90s or maybe early 2000s just cheese fest. And it's just silly. And it's it's entertaining. Second one, so fucking awful. Because of it. it's so new. meta. And it, it was trying to be like up with the times. Mm-hmm. That'd be my worry with the sequel to this. And Nate, have you seen Wedding Crashers? I've seen like 50% of it. Okay. Because, I don't know, just a lot of these early 2000s comedies are just so close to my heart i guess like wedding crashes it's because they're so fun and There's, they're light i just watched these with my parents like they showed the showed these to me and they're just fun and stupid and uh, i don't know man like i i don't think this one's like on the top of the list but like it definitely kind of gave me that nostalgic feeling of movies like that back in the day especially with people like uh, amy smart carmen electra thrown in there and ben stiller and owen wilson are just fucking great together and then randomly i will say up, like what <laughs> When Will Ferrell sat down at that window, oh my god, I had an audible laughter. I was like, <laughs> no way. I was not expecting it. I was expecting, like, not a Vin Diesel, but, like, a bigger guy, but to have the same weird personality. Yeah. I was expecting that, but the minute Big Earl sat down... It's fucking Will <laughs> And his headband, and he had, like, the sideburns and the 7 o'clock shadow, I'm like... No, I had to cover my mouth. I'm like, no matter what happens right now, I'm going to love this movie. I don't care what happens. Every that scene moment, was, I was like, so yes. funny too, dude. The one when he's Thank talking you. to Vince Vaughn on the phone, and he's like, oh, and oh, just, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Uh, <laughs> a, a silk flower shirt on the way to a party. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Mm. <laughs> oh, he's like, uh, Juliette Lewis, just kind of out of nowhere, just like, oh, my God, I love being here. And he goes, that's why you're my side girl, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was just, it was stupid fun. And I could just see Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson just being buddies, just driving around in a El Camino. A Gran Torino. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait, wrong, wrong movie. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was a blast. I, I had fun watching this one. What about you, Spencer? Uh, did you enjoy yourself at all with this one, or were you just kind of staring uh, straight face at the screen the whole uh, time? It's been a blast just kind of sitting back and listening to you guys talk about how much it, you enjoyed the movie, uh, <laughs> because I'm glad that you guys had fun with it. Um, because I also had a pretty fun time with this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you but were going to like lead you know, into run a negative, but go positive-ish. But here's the thing. I, I think the movie is not good. It's flawed. Like, it made me chuckle. Maybe a couple times it it was, so, but here's the thing. I feel like I've seen the movie done better with Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street, and honestly, I'd go even as far as say the other guys with Will Ferrell. And Lethal Weapon. That's a good movie. Yeah, like the the buddy cop genre has been done better by some other movies, and maybe it's because I've seen so many movies. I've seen this genre done like to death. So, like, this one didn't really stand out too, too much. But like you guys said, I mean, it was the chemistry between the actors and the cast. It was just the actors and the cast, the same thing. But, just, yeah, the cast is what made this movie work so well. It's just Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. But, but yeah, Starsky and Hutch. It's crazy this is also directed by Todd Phillips uh, because, what I mean, what he's done it from, uh, for his career since. Yeah, it was just so stupid. It was so dumb. And that's the thing. It's With all these dark and depressed movies that we've been seeing so many times this last, like, couple of months it seems like dumb late night movie like this is always welcomed dude the scene with the iguana <laughs> when he shoots the tail of the iguana and they're like man we should shoot him in the ass and then he's yeah, like whoa, 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 whoa. Even. <laughs> that doesn't the punishment doesn't fit the crime because the iguana can regenerate its tail <laughs> you shoot like, that guy in the ass so he's not gonna stupid. be able to regenerate they're like oh you're right you're right all right we cool then we cool i'm like you put hey put your pieces just... away because it was an accident right and he's like it's, it's just right. the dumbest comedy but that, i mean for the entirety of the movie it was stuff like that yeah sure whoa, whoa, done a whoa. Few jokes. he's cool <laughs> it was great and i uh nate have you seen uh old school Oh my I haven't. God. I fucking love old okay. school, dude. You gotta watch Hank, that one if that's Hank available. Just, just watch it. Um, yeah, exactly. Tank. Because it's directed by Todd Phillips. It's Vince Vaughn. It's Owen, it's not Owen Wilson, but uh, 
Luke Wilson mm-hmm. and uh, Will Ferrell, and it's just them going boy. back to college to like do these like fraternity Olympic games. It's so fucking stupid, but it's just like one of those like late night movies. It's just like this that I think old school is so much better than Starsky and Hutch. But yeah, if you haven't seen old school, check that one out. Yeah. Fucking amazing movie. Um, Came out around the same yeah. time too. It has I mean, all these guys just did these kind of classic comedies back in the day. I wouldn't consider this one one of the it, classics, but, but it was based yeah, off yeah. an old but TV you, show, you so it was warranted, yeah, I, I guess, a movie at least. But and right. obviously, the whole ending. The whole like passing yeah. the torch thing. With it was kind of obvious. I looked and I'm like, get out and give it to okay. them. Yeah, exactly. Like even like, I had never seen the original Star show from the seventies whatsoever. Never seen what the characters look like, but it was so on the nose, so in your face. Like, okay, yep, that's passing the torch from the TV. Series. But it's cool that they did that. I like that they. Like, the you scene have was fun, to and something like that, to... paying homage to something, and it's a yeah, goofy mm-hmm. comedy kind of like this. You have to include them somehow, and they. They did it great, especially where he's like, oh, yeah, make sure you you have to drop from two to four. And he knows the answers. And then he squeals off and you see the guy like grabbing his heart like, no, (laughs) don't do that. Oh, but yeah, he just overshot it. He overshot the boat. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was just Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller just being stupid, stereotypical buddy cop opposites and. Oh, it was nice to see Carmen Electra, and all those scenes with the women in this movie were pretty nice. He has a a big scene at the end that I was pretty pumped, and I was pumping my fist for. Um, But yeah, this movie was not better than I expected, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. So for that... I'm going four out of five again. What? I had fun. Oh, I had fun. Oh my! I had fun. Just because you had fun doesn't mean you have to give it an almost perfect grade. I mean, you don't have to. It's his grade. It's his rating. You can give whatever grade you want. To me, there was nothing wrong with how the movie was really shot. To me, the characters were just kind of. It was a stereotypical movie, sure, but it affected me in a way where I could sit there and go, "Hmm, I got to look at these types of comedies differently because they might just be goofy and funny enough." And I didn't know Will Ferrell was in it. And when he plopped down, I let out (laughs) an audible laugh. I was like, "No way! This is going to be great." So, Maybe I can see yeah. you towards some mainstream Debbie. film. I got a lot of films like uh, this from the early 2000s that you really should yeah, watch. Don't, well, no, don't my recommendation, if you like this, is old school. By all I means, think you, need like, to watch you should definitely Brother, see that one. But yeah. Starsky and Hutch, uh, I feel like I, re- I watched most of this movie when it first came out in 2004. <laughs> Nine? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, yeah, it was like, nine, yeah, like nine, or, nine or ten so when it came the whole out. Film um, back then. Because it was probably on DVD, so I was probably like 10. And I like, yeah, it just went over my head. It was stupid. I just didn't remember it. So watching it again was basically watching it for the first time. But honestly, it was like watching it 100 times because I've seen so many movies that had done it before and I think have done it better. But yeah, it, it was fun to watch. It was Turn Your Bread Off. Very stupid type movie. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Uh, I went two and a half out of five. It was enjoyable. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you guys. I think I think I just have a certain affinity for films like this that are the films where you can just turn your brain off and enjoy them. They're not trying to be good. It's kind of that stupid, dumb comedy. Um, the the jokes that are just silly, but they just make you laugh. Um, and but I, they're good I, actors. And they are. That's I, the thing. I love all these guys, like Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, are just like some of my favorite actors from movies like this, like Anchorman. It's similar to this. It's, it's kind of the same the same idea in terms of the comedy that they approach. But you get Amy Smart in there, you get Carmen Electra, just these stupid actresses that you never see anymore play roles like this. But Stupid actresses? They, they play That's stupid roles is what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're stupid actresses. Okay. But they play right. silly roles that are just kind of nothing in the end. But gotcha. yeah, the, the, the film isn't trying to be good again. I... I matched Spencer's grade. It's a two and a half out of five. It's not a good movie, but it's really fun. So that's... That's that's not even a bad grade. It's not a fresh film. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's on Netflix. So if you have the Netflix subscription, which I'm sure you do, if not, I'm sure your aunt does. Uh, yeah, watch Starsky and Hutch. Why your aunt? aunt. Has. <laughs> uh, she probably does have her own Netflix. Actually, my aunt does too. I think. Text her aunt. Be like, hey, do you have Netflix? Yeah, cool. Thank Ask you. Me. So no? okay. I just want to watch Starsky and Hutch. I just want to watch Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> just- those movie dudes, one of them liked it a lot and didn't want to yeah. watch it. I'm really yeah. glad you liked right. it, Nate. That's uh, yeah. very yeah, surprising. Seriously, that was cool. Except I'm not yeah. so much that surprised because it's dumb fun. We're all we all get along for for the same reason. We have similar. Uh, but just seeing of... Ben Stiller on cocaine and just Owen Wilson, just <laughs> like all funny, right, dude. 
Alright, big guy. Alright, let's go. Let's go. Dude, All it's right, funny because yeah. Owen Wilson plays the same character as he does in Zoolander for the most part. He plays Owen the same Wilson character he plays in every movie ever. This low-key, just kind of chill guy. But, no. yeah. Even Marley and me. Awesome. Yeah. Alright, yeah. Mm-hmm. Want to move into the uh, final film and dip our toes into the little spooktober? You guys want to follow me into the haunted house, which is spooktober? And I am hopping on a 20-plus-hour flight from wherever Starsky and Hutch took place to Japan. It was in Bay City, California. Yeah, yeah, Bay City. We are flying all the way to Japan um, so that we can watch Juwan the Grudge from 2002. Does that literally the mean grudge. the grudge? But this movie, I'm a diehard horror fan, and so I'm willing to go into anything horror from anywhere. It doesn't matter if it has a claim. I want to watch it. Um, and this is one of those ones that, of course, was uh, subject to the American remake and all that stuff. And so finally, this movie becomes available. I want to see it because I've actually heard it's scary. Directed by Takashi Shimizu. This movie's 90 minutes long, and... Volunteer home care worker is assigned to visit a family home, and she is cursed and chased by two vengeful spirits. One of, like, the early 2000s haunted house-type movies. Kind of a jumping back and forth, past and present storyline in this film. Johnny Boy. Mr. Mainstream. Hey, that's me. Mainstream Boy. Um, would, would you go into this house, and if you did, how do you go down the stairs? So, do you go down, like, on your hands and knees? Oh, you're saying if I was possessed by the grudge? No, or? no, just, like, how do you go down the stairs? I probably wouldn't go in the house in, in the first place, personally. Okay, but um, what if someone was in need of help and you were a healthcare worker, like Rika was? Yeah, I don't think I'm the right person to be a healthcare worker. I would be sprinting out of the house in a, any situation remotely close to this. I wouldn't mm, just be okay. kind of on my hands and knees like oh my god and then just wait for the person to crawl right toward me and possess right. me well well personally we'll, we'll explain that explain why what did this movie do for you not a lot um i think oh. that my only oh. view into this film was through like scary movie 4 where it basically makes fun of like the scene where and it's with Anna Ferris i think where she walks in she sees the kid up there on the on the staircase and he's like cool uh, that shit i don't even think i've seen the american remake i've literally just seen I that that inclination of the film but i haven't either for yet. me this was just kind of a really low budget overacted kind of just horror film that didn't scare me but i've seen a lot of horror movies that didn't scare me that's not to say they're bad but they built tension very well i don't think this one did that all that well um i think the concept of the grudge is interesting um where Basically, these people just get not possessed by it, but it kills them, and then they get taken over, and they spread the grudge from person to person to person. That's kind of cool, um, but I just didn't think this was a very well-crafted film from start to finish. All right. Um, not surprised. Hmm. Yeah. I mean... Okay, well, with you saying that, I want to hear what Spencer thinks, because that's one of my flaws oh. with the movie is some of the way it was put together... And if it was done the right way. Okay. Because that was one okay. of my drawbacks. Yeah. With this movie, um, I put this on pretty late at night. You know, it was really dark. You watched it at the same time, I think. It was very nice and immersed into the movie. Had the colored lights on. It was a very much a pleasant movie watching experience. I thought, even though this was a little cheesy, low budget, like you said, I thought this movie was so much fun. I mean, I was expecting a more like traditional narrative of like this housekeeper going into this old lady that's been seeing some stuff mm-hmm. and we're going to take it from there i kind of because i think that's what the remake was with sarah michelle geller i oh, think that's yeah, what that's it was right. all about her yep. with this one it's very much like vignettes of like what this paranormal spirit will do when it latches on to other people and it just continues to go and go and go when i kind of realized that it was kind of more like an anthology of like this just one ghost and how they all kind of relate though and connect Mm -hmm. it was still like a lot of fun and i obviously like some segments a lot more 
I love the one with the the girl coming back on the uh, airplane and mm-hmm. then the stall next door goes to the security officer and then the, goes home and like is uh, she gets a call and like goes out like she go, looks through like the the hole to see who's outside. It was like her friend opens the door and no one's there. Like mm-hmm. it had these like creepy moments and like even underneath the bed sheet. Like I was yeah, like, what the that fuck? moment like, it actually was just, got like, me. Dude. The one with the, when yeah. she looks through the sure, peephole yeah. and also the bed sheet. I was like, I knew, you knew it was gonna happen, but it was still like oh the shit. final scene. With, like, the main possessed girl going down the stairs, like, mm-hmm. covered in blood and stuff. That scene was so unsettling. Like, I just was frozen. I was like, holy shit. Like, I never once jumped. I never once was like, oh, my God, I'm really scared. But Neither I was did I. super unsettled Freaked for, like, out. a lot of the movie. Like, even when, like, the, it was kind of a comedic scene, but it was still kind of, like, disturbing a little bit with, like, the guy in the room with the uh, girl that's, like, laying on, on her bed and this like, little kid's kind of like, running around the room. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah. like, oh my god, like, ugh, it was icky. Yeah. <laughs> it was very icky. Mm-hmm. I get that it was super low budget and it kind of didn't, you didn't like that mainstream boy, John. But yeah, um, I, need a, I need at least I like 100, what 100 they were million able to do with it. To go toward a, toward a film. Yeah. I, to even scratch the I, surface for I John to talk yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, so it does jump between the characters, and I did some time, like, thinking about it because it's. It seemed like things happened and they didn't line up with each other. It was hard to follow at some points because I wasn't sure if some parts would connect or if they related throughout the story. But as time went on, I just kind of accepted it and just realized that whatever happens in that house is not good. And I just, I loved how it was done. It just, something about these Japanese horror movies and the way they're filmed. Like, there's less movement as far as the camera goes, as far as doing, like, dolly shots and bringing suspense with music. This one does have music, but it's to accentuate the horror. And one of my favorite scenes is when the girls are in the bedroom and they all start walking into the corner and they're disappearing. And then the light changes on the father's face who's like looking at them and then it cuts to the girl crawling on the floor like that and i'm like oh no like i was kind of smiling while i was watching it because he was seeing his daughter and what was going on and then the whole mood changes when the arms start to bend like that and he sees it and he runs out the door and there was a shot of it too when like the cops come in and you hear the person crawling on the floor upstairs and the camera is going from the bottom of the stairs down the side and you're hearing it and then you just see the hand start to come down and then it cuts back to the cop so just mm. hearing it and not seeing it and the way the camera was yeah. just moving it just made it like what is what am i gonna see like what is up there that's one thing that i absolutely want to echo is uh i noticed too yeah the camera was very much like static it was very try it was very still at mm-hmm. times but when it did move it was moving for a reason and i was like oh shit like something's going down something's happening because yeah anytime it did move like it added to the tension and some of the scares which i really do appreciate coming from like a filmmaking background that it's, it's really cool to pick up on those types of techniques because when, when you're working with a low budget you kind of have to have the camera fluctuate the scares and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i think that they did it they handled it in a pretty a good job. I don't know. It was it was kind of scary. <laughs> it was a little scary. It's the it last settling. shot for me. Just like when it went to black, I just kind of had to wait for the credits to start rolling to put my feet off the side of my bed. I don't One know. thing it's that just... I actually realized because uh, I I digged into this movie a little bit after watching it. Uh, the director, I forget his name uh, already. Takashi Shimizu. He directed obviously the sequel Juan Two. But he also directed the American remake. The oh, Grudge, really? Hmm. With Sarah Michelle Gellar, and that was one of the only like Japanese uh, to American remakes that uh, that stayed in Japan. All the the cast crew went out in Japan and shot, mm-hmm. kind of I think almost in the same house. Or Do you know I how like recently, it been, like, because like I how soon after it. they shot this? Because was was this kid in the remake? Well, Juwon came out in two thousand two. Remake came out in two thousand four. So it might have been the mean same. The, kid. It was very popular, perhaps. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because this movie doesn't even have a Rotten Tomato score, and if you kind of look for it, it always wants to recommend the remake or some other versions. Really? I mean, even this year, twenty twenty. There was another remake that came out. Yeah, there was. The Grudge. Grudge, yeah. Like in the back of the head thing. Yeah, it was awful. And and to be honest, all of the reviews of the sequels were just kind of garbage. Maybe I'd be kind of curious to check out the Sarah Michelle Gellar one in 2004, especially knowing that the director made it. uh, And it still takes place in Japan and kind of follows the same lore. I but do, this one was yeah. just, uh, it was fun. I do want to see Juan the Curse, though, because there is a movie that came out before The Grudge in 2000, directed by this Takashi Shimizu, leading into The Grudge. This is his baby. Yeah, 
And That's all he's done. Yeah. Hey, and he's he obviously has done well because this movie just the way the lighting was, the way the characters acted, like the grandmother or the mother to them who would just sit there all the time. And sure, some of the shadows, like that, they would portray a figure, were kind of cheesy. But it was it's the 2002, early two thousands. Like, it's gonna, you know. But the way yeah. they did it was still freaky. Like the eyes in the static on the TV, and the guys looking at him and they're blinking at him. You're like, yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Bye bye. Me no care no, no the more. Film, the film was definitely creepy. I I think whenever you have these kind of uh, these characters that are just covered in in white makeup and dark eyes, it's already creepy. Plus the lighting and Carnival of Souls. That's a good one if you if you like scary paint jobs like that. Yeah, I mean it's it mm-hmm. is unsettling. I just that. I think when it came to the uh, like the scene you mentioned, Spencer, when she kind of comes crawling down the stairs. I did not find that creepy at all. I thought that was just kind of silly. Really? Even, like, the killer himself walking towards the girl, like, covered in blood with a box cutter? Like, um, he walks towards the girl first as if he's almost going to kill her, and then, like, she comes down the stairs after? It was just, yeah, like, I don't ugh. Maybe that. <laughs> it was I, just, like, the scene at the end when the, I don't know, it was close crawly. to the end when the girl is just slowly backing against the wall, and then the other girl is just coming down the stairs with her arms all weird and contorted. Yeah. And she's covered mm-hmm. in this blood uh, that yeah. came just it for me it kind of seemed, seemed like so many choosy moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, of course. Like and that seemed like one of the scenes that was like meant to be like one of the the culminating scenes of the film. And it just mm-hmm. seemed kinda just bland to me. Like it, it was almost trying too hard. And if this movie had maybe taken more of a, ho- a horror comedy route, maybe as an American mm. film, I think it would. And maybe it's just for me coming from just seeing scary movie, but I, I just I'm, I'm don't. I'm glad it didn't. Yeah. I'm, I think. I wish it was scarier. For me personally, oh, if it didn't take itself as seriously, I think I would have liked it more because I don't think the acting talent was there. No. Um, but I, I think it did build tension. I thought they were fine. Yeah. yeah. I the storyline with really the girl fine. and covering her windows that was terrifying i, I was that. like seeing this person her, breaking down and the, yeah and the they one, like yeah. come to see and the missing the mother thing was pretty cool mm-hmm. that was and that just was cool and there were just some things like some of the stories that i didn't feel like they added up so it just like you hear the girl's voicemail that the main girl at the beginning hears but then you see the family and whatnot and the email the it was just there was a lot of things kind of bouncing back and forth that I thought were a little unnecessary. Yeah. But then if you don't really think about it too much and you just remember the characters, it, it all it all makes sense in the end anyway. And it's just something about the Japanese style. It's just simple. Um, the same thing with uh, Ring You. I loved that movie way more than the I American really one it. because it's just it's kind of similar in shooting style like very static a lot darker it feels more evil do you know if it's the same is there similar filmmakers because i noticed the music although horror music is similar in a lot of films but it reminded me a lot of the it's ring it's not the same director it's not the ring um, has very similar music in it uh, to this film. it does let, let me they... see and I'm no, the original the ring was but... uh hideo nakata um and that movie's really good and then gore verbinski did the remake with naomi watts i would like to up. see to see the ring because i i think that that's just a better good. concept altogether right you yeah yeah or both of them they're yeah. they're both really good i just prefer the japanese one just because of how much it has more atmosphere it has more natural atmosphere than like studio atmosphere for it yeah absolutely so yeah. i give it credit for that but uh yeah you so, guys yeah, want to might... round off round off this conversation yeah i do so yeah my final thoughts in a grade for juan the grudge please i had a fun time watching this movie uh this one was just it was nice and a little creepy at times a little unsettling i like the low budget feel to it it was i i just makes me excited to check out more of these types of movies especially renew like we just said 90 minutes i think that the little vignettes like they're all like 10 minutes long and they're and there comes to a point where it's like okay there's another one there's another one okay um, Some but people yeah, like that said, weren't really necessary. At least they all kind of do connect. Kind of if it was all just like random, I think that would have bothered me a lot more, but it didn't. Um, so I'm going to go three and a half out of five. This one was just a fun movie to put on late at night. It did the job. And uh, yeah, I'd be actually curious to check out the American remake. Yeah, gotcha. uh, you mentioned how the grudge kind of just passes on from person to person. I think that they didn't really need to 
do it as much as they did because it kind of just seemed like slightly unnecessary in the end without developing the characters like they could have with the with with the initial characters from the beginning of the film but i don't know it, it just didn't build tension as well as i would have liked maybe it's just mainstream boy here but i i just couldn't buy into like the overacting of the of the actors and then just the, the hair and makeup and the use of blood and stuff just wasn't as good as i think it could have been to actually make it a a scary film but it was okay like i still enjoyed myself i'm not saying it's a bad movie i think i still think it was definitely an enjoyable low budget horror movie but i've just seen so much better just absolutely after listening to your thoughts i am going to raise my grade i think that there's more there than i initially would have seen but i'm going to give it two and a half out of five i'm raising it a full a full grade i had it at one oh, and a half so nice I mm. I think it I think it's a good uh, a, and a good respectable horror flick from Japan. It's uh it separates the men from the boys now, doesn't it? <laughs> Can you make a Family Guy reference because we haven't done it yet? That was basically a Family Guy reference right was there. It? Yeah, I'm okay. I think you're right. I want to say who I was at a four and a half out of five. Wow. For this film. Wow. <laughs> well, Spencer just leans out of the darkness. <laughs> Uh, we need a visual element to this podcast. Man, oh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in purgatory right now. I, I don't, I don't know what to grade it. I don't know what to grade it. Are you? Would you um, consider going above a four and a half? Is that what you're thinking? I'm considering it because that one little plot, like, didn't really fit. Thing was really griping me because it kind of threw off, threw me for a loop as far as how the other stories connected in. Do you think with a I'm rewatch, going okay. I'm going four and a half out of five, but if, exactly, if I go back, watch it, knowing how it's supposed to play out, we have a possible five out of five on our hands. So, I, at some point in one of these podcasts, you will hear me call, like, like an emergency meeting <laughs> to update this or to verify that i would leave it at a four and a half out of five any of those movies that we just talked about today interest you parenthood juan the grudge and of course they're all on streaming sites so you can check them out and uh, let us know what you think of these flicks uh you won't but it's okay you always can Hmm. um and so yeah as always we announce our new picks at the end of the episode and it is time to do that because we are doing a spooktober spectacular all throughout october every week we'll do some uh horror movie uh themed episodes Uh, and we're kicking it off with october 3rd next week uh so the picks that i have are two films that i don't know too much about i know that i haven't seen them though and i know all of you haven't either so they're in contention uh the first one is a film called deep red Uh, and i want to match it up against another movie that I've heard is very gory. I'm going with the gore theme right now. I'm sorry, I John. Gore. I know it makes you sick to your stomach, but here we go. <laughs> I, Look hate it. I love October next week. or Spooktober. But it's a film called Excision. Uh, it's kind yeah, of those are my picks to kick off Spooktober. Yeah, I don't know anything about the second movie, but I know the first one is kind of a. I'm talking about my movies right now, but the the first movie I'm picking is kind of a very mainstream movie that. When you mention it, people are like, you haven't seen that movie? So I'm going to go with Hocus Pocus, and I'm going to put it right up against Halloween Town. On Disney+, Plus. never seen either film. I don't understand how you've never seen exactly, these movies. Exactly, see? I'm... There you go. Halloween Town, it's I'm... not on Spencer's list, but I just thought of it because I thought it would be a good thing to put against Hocus Pocus. And you know what, too? Spencer's never seen Halloween Town or Hocus Pocus. And he didn't even think. hear me because he's not there right now, but he's going to be like, Halloween Town, holy shit. I think he might have just tried to say something. Wait. Spencer! He's probably like doing his laundry or just, you know, saying hi to no, a he's... non-existent cat or something. I'm back. I had to flip some chicken. Okay. Wow, you're cooking um, and podcasting No, okay. Right I've now? seen... Uh, yes, I, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen uh, Halloween Town, but it's been like... 10 plus years. Okay. Never seen Hocus Pocus. Yeah. So, yes. I, I'll be cool. happy to watch either film, and I want to use Disney Plus as much as possible. So, cool. Halloween Town awesome. The only movies Brooke will be able to watch yes. throughout <laughs> for the next five weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for her input. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so, I'm as so always, you can check podcast. us out on Apple Podcast. I'm pumped. Oh, hold on. I you do this every over. single week. You try to like steer me in the no, wrong I'm direction. No, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to advertise Spooktober. And, like, the exactly. Thing. No, because that's no, what we're supposed to do. It's, we're, we're, we're those movie dudes. It's the end of the we're podcast. Free. 
guys, three movies. I've been talking you haven't about announced movies. your picks yet. I d- oh. Oh, I have to do that too? Can we stop yes. doing oh. this? Can we stop doing this? This happens every John, single John, everybody like... has a shtick, and this is mine. If you ruin this, I I feel I like walk. we could come up with a better shtick. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, it's this so isn't, obvious. This, this that has we're nothing to do with you. I, I'm this aware. Is my like, thing. It's like I'm not even here for this part of the podcast, but I feel like we could do something else. This is very much the original. I'm sorry, everybody. Be, John like, was always been evil. John's always been kind of a downer. So, um, I'm with you, Nate. but what are um, picks? my picks are <laughs> these two films I've never seen, and one of them I believe has been voted on in the past. Um, oh. It's a zombie flick called The Wailing. This next one cool. I've heard is a fun little movie that it combines one of John's favorite genres <gasps> with my with. A monster genre, so it's Coming of a age? film, kind of. It's a little, well, hints of it. Um, it's a okay. film called Ginger Snaps. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for any of these picks. Now I'm kind of regretting mine because I went very, very gory. You guys kind of went fun. No, that's um, but we you need know what? variety. That's what Spooktober is exactly. Can't wait variety to watch the fucking Green Inferno. Genres. I might even watch oh, all six of these there, movies just, but, um, just because it's Spooktober. Seriously though, if you guys are listening, uh, leave some comments, DM us, like let us know what are some horror movies that you guys want us to talk about throughout the month of Spooktober. We were even kind of talking about we'd even consider rewatching some movies even though we've already seen it. As long as they're classic horror movies or ones that are worth talking about, we would kind of be happy to take any suggestions. If you guys have any picks that you want to hear us talk about, by all means, let us know what they are on our Instagram at those movie dudes and follow us uh, on our podcast. Subscribe to our podcast feed, those movie dudes and Spotify and Podbean and in even Stitcher. Don't you dare say wherever it. you get your podcasts. I we are, by the way, users, available and wherever on you get podcasts, Amazon podcast. I wanted to Amazon mention because I, no I checked way. the other day. We're available on Amazon Alexa, podcast or something. Play those movie dudes podcasts on Amazon. No, it's not. It can't be. It can't. Getting Paper Ghosts. Paper Towns. I also will say you guys should check out Mainstream Boy. We just published our 10th episode talking about a variety of films. But next week, or this this coming week, we have Bill Millie Bobby Brown, little M. Bob, talking about Enola Holmes with Henry Cavill. So I'm excited to talk about that one with Spencer and Nate. If you want to join us, feel free for episode 11. You can always check that out. Every single Monday we'll be releasing Mainstream Boy. There's a show called Flashpoint. Oh that was another show where they it was like a hostage negotiation show. I don't think Kevin Bacon was in that, though. Hey, John, can you outro yourself, please? And Mainstream Boy, and wash your fucking hands. So I have an addiction. It just happened recently. Um, and a little sneak peek for you guys. If you haven't checked out our Instagram story the last 24 hours, I put out some hints for some movies that I will be, or that I have purchased and are on the way because I'm trying to make my pathetic Screen Factory Blu-ray Collector's Edition collection. I'm trying to expand it a little bit. So I went from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Day of the Dead. Oh, what was my third one? The Burning. Now I'm adding three more. And I'll give you the directors of these films. Wes Craven, John Carpenter, and Toby Hooper. Those three directors. I'm getting a movie from each of them to add to my collection. Um, if you guys think you know it, then comment, DM us, let us know. If not, I will.